Welcome to episode 743 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Rightio team, welcome along to episode 743 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Pretty good, Bevan, and you? You're wearing one of our old tops. Trybuys.com, remember Trybuys? Yeah, this is the I Am Talk uh, long sleeve, the blue edition. Athlinks? Jeez, mm-hmm. it's a blast from the past, that is. Mountain Snail on camp had the full collection. He had the blue version. Did he have the Iron Man Talk version? He, he didn't have the Iron Man Talk, he had the blue Iron Talk. He had uh, the new uh, fluoro... Yep, one. And you love said, that one. You know, plug them enough on the show. They're great. The great clothing and the fluoro. I really like the fluoro one. He had then he had the black sort of yeah, new that's newer cool. one. Yeah, and then he's even had a mountain snail uh, bike jersey custom designed. Not an I am talk one, but a mountain snail, and that's a nickname he got on here. Oh, that's, that's absolutely sensational. More on the mountain snail later. Okay, guys, uh, I am talk is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons. We got Richard Swanee Noah slash Speedwalker Swan. Peter, the explosion curry. And Mike Pizzle Snizzle. Uh, John, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a little bit of a hot topic, but it's mainly about Epic Camp. It is indeed. We finished up yesterday, to, uh, so I've been home for, what, 12 or 13 hours, probably, uh, and back in the saddle. Back in, back in the studio. He doesn't muck around, Tim. He doesn't need a week off. He's a tough biker. Uh, then we've got some questions and answers. At the end. Well, actually, maybe we don't. But anyway, yeah. uh, let's talk about the, what's happening in the news. So first piece of news, this is good news. Uh, the PTO have announced another 150K additional prize money on top of the Challenge Daytona Championship. So it's now totaling 1.15 million. This is impressive, and this is the first time we've actually seen the breakdown. We've known it's going to be a million dollars for quite some time. Top that up. They are paying further. deep, aren't they, John? They are, and and this is a very different philosophy for Ironman, where you know Ironman pays uh, top heavy at most races and does not go very deep at all. And <clears throat> whether you agree with that or not, you know a lot of the the sort of advisory athletes that they have at Ironman are former champions. You know, you think you've got Paul and you be Fraser. Um, Greg Welch, uh, a bunch of others, and they've often been the top, top athletes. So this way, you rock up, you're getting a paycheck, a bit like going to Wimbledon, a bit like going to the US Open golf and things like that. Everyone's getting paid. Uh, and if you are one of the lower-placed athletes, you know, you're probably going to be covering your costs depending on where in the world you come from. Uh, so good on them. So it takes a lot of risk out of it for them, doesn't it? It does. You know, like, so 2,500 US. Are Kiwi athletes, we're going to lose some money on that? But it yeah. helps. Yeah. yeah, so to kick it off, a hundred grand for for the winner. Um, comparing that to Kony, you get one hundred and twenty. Uh, then it goes 70, 50, 35, 30, 25, 23, 20, 18, 17. Drops away from there. So tenth place at the Challenge Championship um, is seventeen thousand dollars. Compared to Kona, it is ten thousand. Eleventh place in Kona is you know you are. That is the biggest suck eggs place you can finish on that day. You often associate fourth place with first loser. In Kona, it's 11th place. You suck. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) you 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 don't don't suck. suck. The position you finish in sucks. (laughs) You'd be gutted. Hey, you, be, you suck. <laughs> you'd be guarded. I'd be guarded for you. Everyone's guarded for you. And then John you. turns around and tells you you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you had a great race, you got 11th. You go, wicked, awesome performance. But man, that sucks that I got 11th. Uh, whereas at the Challenge Championship, you get 15 grand. If you get 20th, 
uh, you're still getting four grand. And if you're 21st through to 60th, all getting $2,500 US. So, well, interestingly, you've got here the, the, the difference between the Kona and the Challenge. Uh, and what's really interesting is Kona does pay more for first place. So you're going to get an extra 20K if you win first place. But then outside of that, every, every, every other prize purse is higher. So 10 difference between you know quite a big difference as well as well as it mm. goes down like by tone kona if you're seventh you only get 14 and the challenge you get 23 so it's it is not just that the top the winner does better but everyone else does better and exactly. significantly better the deeper you go mm. so and we've got to remember this is not a full iron distance race you know it's it's a shorter distance not race true. uh and good on them you know total prize pulls more than kona well, then if you go, because this championship race is a half, mm-hmm. so if you compare it, compare it to the 70-point World 3-point championships, it's a massive difference. So it 45K is. for the winner in the 70.3s, mm-hmm. 100K here today, or mm. what challenge. Oh, so that's going to be great. I'm still eagerly anticipating <clears throat> what the field's actually going to look like. We haven't already had, we've seen the wildcard announcements, but we haven't seen uh, confirmation of the field. And, and tricky, bloody incredibly difficult times so a it's not just a matter of who wants to be there it's a matter of who can actually get there so i'm intrigued to see how this goes looking forward to it but will you watch it live unless it's in the middle of the night i will yeah if it's uh, I, I think it'll be reasonable time zone for us uh, where's daytona it's in florida so florida. we might have to have a bit of a bit of an early start I imagine they're not going to, for the pro race, they're not going to be starting at the crack of dawn. So I think it, sh- it should work in okay for us. Um, yeah. Well, we also- time, uh, may not. It's yeah. currently 2 p.m. It's near 3 p.m. In, in Florida. The race will probably start. Well, you haven't got the restrictions of road closure and stuff. I'd imagine they'll, they'll do the age group race and maybe start the pros sort of more in the middle of the day. So I think we'll be okay. You'll be an early start then, yeah. fingers crossed. We did have some racing um, while I was away. On October the 24th, uh, we had the Great Floridian. Uh, they had an iron distance race, but the pros, supported by the PTO again, raced over the one-third distance. Chris Lieferman took that out in 2 hours 34, took home 2250 bucks. Uh, Bradley Weiss was second, Ben Canute was third. On the female side, another win for Jenny Seymour. Um, she went 259.17 to beat out Lisa Bacharis and Lenny Ramsey in third place. So, John, you, this is going to frustrate you, but you need to bring your mic up. I it. know. Well, you, the, he's got oh, a, this is annoying. He's got a microphone waiting. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to see if I can put some muscle into yeah, it. Put, it, so, it slowly drops down as he's doing the show. So I sort of lean okay, further gonna, and further here, here we, down. Here we go. Lift it up. Lift it up. And then I'm going to go. Here we go. It's on the flight. Oh, I so see. <laughs> We'll see how we go. Yeah, see? What you need, John, is you need to do some bicep curls. What do you say? Too much cardio, not enough weights. That's right. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, in New Zealand there's an iconic film called uh, Once Warriors. It's not a happy film, uh, but this guy smashes a guy in a pub and he goes, too much cardio, not enough weights. (laughs) (laughs) So that's about the extent of the news. We're not going to have much coming up. Oh, no, we've got a couple of pieces. Lionel Sanders. Oh, yep, Lionel Sanders set a new Canadian one-hour world record, not world record, Canadian record at the Velodrome. He rode 51.3 kilometres per hour, uh, which is bloody impressive. Uh, at the same time when he did that, he surpassed the... The, the, the one-hour record's a funny old thing in cycling, so you're basically riding as many laps as you can around a Velodrome for one hour. So he did 51.3. Mm. And it's changed a bit over the years because Eddie Merckx, probably, I think it was back in 72, set some crazy mark. And, and that's when he had a special breakfast, eh? Highly likely. Yeah. There's been plenty of those uh, special breakfasts since yeah. then. Um, but then as technology has evolved, we've seen the record get 
absolutely obliterated um, purely because of technology and then they've had a couple of rule changes so I think one was in 1997 they changed it and I think back then maybe then they had the the human best world record and then the sort of UCI record okay. and the human best you can kind of have whatever technology you want yep, yep. and then they've, they've changed it and changed it again and then it got <clears throat> rechanged again in 2014 and Jens Voigt went out and set uh, a new fastest uh, or longest distance travelled at the age of 43 Jens Voigt was a top pro cyclist just he was the Lionel Sanders of cycling oh was he he'd go out there and just go on these crazy attacks solo attacks uh, and he was in the peloton for many many years so he was a very good cyclist and he set the record in 2014 which has since been surpassed however Lionel Sanders did just beat Jens Voigt's time so that really puts in a comparison you you know 2014 is not a long time ago no so this is a highly respectable performance by Lionel Sanders And what needs to be highlighted even more is that it's not a case of just you just go and ride laps around the track. I've done next to no velodrome riding, but I know that the cornering itself at that speed is a real skill that takes a long time to master. Um, For the, you know, you often see good cyclists go onto the track and they can't quite master it compared to the the guys who've been riding track for years. You also do it in a fixed gear. So you've got to decide. What gear can I ride? And that's it. You can't go, I'm getting a bit tired, I'll put it into an easier gear or I'll start munching a big gear. You're in a fixed gear. And I imagine there's a whole raft of other UCI regulations that you have to adhere to. Firstly, in terms of your bike setup, but also the overall setup of the day and so on. I haven't watched, I mean, I literally only got back about 12, 13 hours ago. So I know there was some good coverage of it. So a lot of you listeners will know more than I, but hats off to Lionel Sanders. It's in good shape. It's going to be interesting to see what that means for the Challenge Championship because he is going to be, God, he's going to be three, four minutes down after the swim, something ginormous to the top ITU. Even, even that much? In, oh, okay. Because well, no, you've got the top ITU swimmers. Yeah, okay. If this was, um, yeah. And it's only 70.3. And there's a, there's a lot of them. So he's going to be a long way down, but he's clearly biking exceptionally well. Um, but he's going to have to bike up to them, and then make a break. pass them, and then get a good lead on Because on he won't someone. be as fast in the run, will he? No, I mean, he'll be as fast, fast as all the yeah. Ironman sort of 70.3 athletes, you'd think, but not as fast as the ITU ones, so he's going to have to smash it. It's Good really cool him. we've got the ITU factor, eh? It makes it much more dynamic race, doesn't it? It does, and you've and you really got to have some as tactics. As they want it. Because you, you, you let them sit on the bike, and it's going to be all over, over. Yeah, if you're betting man, that's where you'd go with it. Um, did you see on YouTube, Richard Murray also ran his fastest ever 10K, did a 2803. 2803, yeah. solid. And how would Richie Murray be? Um, I'm going to say about 30-ish, early 30s. That's a good effort, you know, considering an experienced athlete. Mm. Uh, I'm in Florida coming up, John. We have, and I, I was just thinking about this before I came up. I think this is the first um, pro Ironman we've had since lockdown. Could, could oh, be yeah. wrong there. Could be wrong. What about Ken's? True. True. Yeah. So it might be the second. <laughs> it might be the third or fourth. My memory memory's a bit hazy over the last few days. But anyway, we're gonna it's a, let's say it's the first one probably in North America for pros. Just going back to that, John, when we had Charles on a few weeks ago, and maybe we talked about this afterwards, but how disappointing it was that Ironman didn't want to support the pros. Well, yes, they, um, but they did have the pros racing for a long time and they were paying them to do those virtual no, races. No, no, but I mean like PTO went to them and said, Mate, we're, we're happy to give you like, what they've done for every other race around the world. Mm. And I mean, like, it's not our policy. Mm. That was a bit, to me, that's poor form. Yeah, 
Because yeah. I get it. They, they don't want to, you know, I, I can kind of understand, you know, we want to keep in our own little bubble and all the rest of it, not the COVID bubble, but you get what I mean. Um, but it's a unique moment. Mm-hmm. And it, if anything, it just shows how much I don't care about the pros. Mm. Because PDO, they, they, they weren't trying to play a game here. They weren't going, let's screw Ironman and go with Challenge and all the other mm. races. They went to Ironman and they said, we want to give you money to help the pros through this period of time. Mm. And Ironman said, no. Mm. It really shows how much they care about the pros, doesn't it? I totally agree with you. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Because to me, it's just a no-brainer. But I'm in Florida. What's happening, John? Yeah, we've got uh, top seed is Cody Beals, Brent McMahon, Matt Hanson, Andreas Streitz, and Chris Leiferman, and Matt Russell. So top six, pretty quality. All of those guys, with the exception of Chris Leiferman, I think have been top 10. And, no, they haven't all been top Joe 10. How about Joe Skipper's performance last year? He did a 54 swim, which is kind of Joe's swim. 405 on the bike and then 239 run. Oh, he blitzed it. He did a, a 746. Absolutely blitzed it. Um, we've also got Sam Long in here, who has been the dominator over some of these PTO-supported events um, over the last little period in North America. So he's on fire on the bike. Uh, runs well. Uh, so let's see what he can do out there over the full distance. On the female side, we've got Jocelyn McCauley, Heather Jackson, Katrina Matthews, Sky Munch, and uh, Meredith Kessler. So two quality fields, going to be good to see how they go. When last year this was a male-only race, so it's back to female and male. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see as well. Just getting out there. Uh, John Bro, let's talk about the discussion of the week because that's pretty much it for news. Uh, anything or just any, anything been happening on ITU? Not the last few. Oh, well, there may have been, but I've been in, I've been in the Epic Camp bubble and I couldn't tell you what's happening in, in world news, let alone ITU, ITU news. And it's, it's so good to have that. You're away. And... I said to Blind one day, ah, oh, what's happening with that COVID sort of stuff in Auckland? In New Zealand, we had a little potential outbreak again. And I was like, I've got no idea. Don't have to watch the daily American Yeah, I've really tried to stay uh, from the American election. In the news, really but got back last night, put the news on. I was just about ready to punch that TV again. <laughs> uh, so I didn't miss the news at all. <laughs> so no, no ITU update. I guess this week's discussion, I'm um, just waiting for Facebook to pull up. It is, what is one specific triathlon goal you have for this week? And this was a couple of weeks ago, so hopefully you guys all achieved this. This was uh, set up on the 20th of October. Uh, Zach Clark said recovery after an awesome half Ironman in the weekend. It's important to allow the body to heal. So okay. good that you got to race, Zach. Nice. Good old Wayne Walker's got well. Uh, I'm in Ireland, and after sh- shedding some excess fat over the last two months in the gym, we are now in full lockdown again. So this week, we are, uh, as of next month, stay motivated, stay active, keep going, don't implode. Grant Boyd, who was on Epic Camp, open water swimming started last weekend. Got another open water swim in Nelson, which was fantastic. Good old Craig Miskin's got a uh, start every training session and see how it goes. Duncan Penfold, start my plyometrics routine again. 15 weeks till race day. Nice. Good nice. old David. David Roberts got to complete my home gym quarantine project that started seven months ago. Tim Martindale, run five days straight. Nice goal. Good old Gail Harvey Hayward, get back in the pool and drag my stubborn training buddy with me. Who says? Kylie uh, Cox? I'd mm. imagine, but Kylie was on camp, so you might have had to find somebody else. Yep. Uh, our final one I'll do will be Will Hogarth, Math running seven days in a row. So that's sort of heart rate-based uh, running. Uh, I'll go, have you done Joseph Mohol? No, I have not. Recover, two weeks, start running again. Nice. Nice. Jombo, we've got any goals for this week? No, oh, this week. So my goal for this week is to do... Five yoga sessions, 30 to 45 minutes. So post-epic camp, the body has uh, tightened up. 
and we will tighten up a lot. So that's my goal is five uh, yoga sessions amongst some easy training and then some serious nutrition goals as well because uh, epic overeating was rife, uh, especially at the tail end of the camp. Did you end up putting weight on? I guarantee you did. <laughs> and then yesterday we drove home. It was an eight-hour drive from Invercargill back to Christchurch. Didn't do any training that day. Well, I did a 30-minute spin at the end of the day. I had to drop a minivan off. Uh, but epic eating carried on through the day. We had a few bakery stops. The food was looking pretty appealing. Couldn't say no. What, what's your favourite? When you go to a bakery, what's the first thing you're looking at? Well, yesterday, and I didn't get one of these, uh, and I just kind of regret it. This was in Timaru. I think the place was called U Bake or something like that. Yeah. I'd say I've been there once before and thought, I'm, I'm Good bringing bakery. the crew back here. Okay, nice. And I looked... They had these cream-filled sort of rolled oh, donut yeah. things. But, but, but with a bit of cinnamon and sugar on it? Well, they had that, but then they had one where it had a brandy snap on top of it. Oh, John. Sitting on top. One, and then they had like these ones with Mars bars and Moro oh, bars. John. So... What did you end up getting? I'm getting... I'm really just thinking about... I ended up getting a bacon egg pie because I wanted a bit of protein to fill me up. And uh, then I got a sort of a caramel small mini donut. So you buy his remorse, didn't you? I'd already had prior to that a, <laughs> a big savoury scone in Dunedin with a caramel slice oh, with a yum. thick layer of caramel. And then prior to that, first up in the day, I'd had my first bacon and egg pie <laughs> when we left uh, in the cargo at the BP, the petrol station. If you're in the South Island and you're going through the middle of South Island down Tikapo, down Wanaka, Queenstown Way, there's a bakery called the Fairly Bakery. It's famous, famous bakery. Great bakeries. And I tell you what, it's just busy 24-7. It's just oh, like there's a queue out the, out the door every time you go there. And they do the best pies in the country. Now, now when I go there... Well, no, they, they don't actually. There's a place in the North Island yeah, guy, the that Asian wins, guy wins it every year. Every year. Well, they do the second best pies because they're, they're, they're pork belly pie, John. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? Yes. Oh, describe it, John. You've got, uh, you know, your crispy pork goes on top. Yeah, like the, 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 the crackle. Stru- crackling. Yep. And, and a big chunk of it too. Yeah, it goes on top. And then inside you've got big pieces of pork with just a bit of apple sauce. Apple and, sauce. Yeah. Oh, so, and then what I get is a, a little kind of like, it's almost like a strawberry ch- um, cheesecake. Oh, I have not experienced that. Oh, John, now, it's both of them delicious. Yeah. But the next 40 minutes of your car ride, you're not feeling too good. <laughs> yes, it's not advisable. Okay, this week's discussion is who would be the fastest triathlete, male and female, in a straight marathon race, not off the bike? And with this one here, you can nominate a current athlete or of all time. And the reason this came up is Tyron was saying to me, couple of days ago he thought Braden Curry was running the Auckland Marathon I had a quick look at the results today and didn't see his name there okay. but we're sort of discussing you know what he what he might run what do you reckon he'd probably do low 20s I'd, I'd say more high 20s yeah high 20s the winner okay. up there went, went 221 okay. um, I'd say pro- probably high 20s but yeah that's, that's why this topic came up who would be the fastest male and female straight marathon runners and uh, current you can do current athletes and or past athletes yeah, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Okay, well, we'll I want some that. music for now, Bevan. Oh, Sorry. Okay, yeah. just make more work for me. Okay, so you go away, you come back, you command me around. Here we go, here's some music. Okay, guys. Ah, epic camp wrap up. Done and dusted. Today is Tuesday the 3rd. 3rd of November for us. We finished on Sunday, rolling into Bluff. Uh, so I'm still in catch-up mode. So Bluff is the bottom of the South Island. Very bottom. There's a, Basically, there's a road you go to at the end, and uh, there's a 
big posts up there with all different directions to different parts of the country. You cannot go any further south by by road. There is the Stewart Island, which is off the bottom of the South Island, but you have to get ferry there, so we don't count that. So that was the end of it. Thankfully, Tracy Barr totaled up the distances um, on her Facebook post. Oh, nice. um, this was for camp completion. Um, we biked 1,176 kilometres with 12,300 metres of elevation gain. Uh, we ran 55.6 kilometres and swimming was not very far. She got 3.7 Ks. She got, what do you swim? Uh, pretty similar, yeah. Uh, I'd, um, but most of our swimming... 3.7 Ks? Yeah, we, most of our swim event, swimming was event-based. So on the first day we did an aquathon, so that was like... Um, 1300 meters we had like a 1k um, swim race elsewhere and so because we had such a big group it was often split um, in the pool and then we had an events night in the pool so the swimming was hard it wasn't like an on often on Olympic camps you get in there and you've just got to swim 3k yeah. and you just kind of doodle your way through it or you have a main set um, here it was all event based and just okay. get in there and you're smashing it okay so not much swimming um, so that was the, the distances now I would say um, a lot of people tacked on, and I'm going to go into that a bit more. I would be saying that um, the guys that did the most were, were definitely up over 1,500 kilometres of cycling. And, and how many days? Nine days. Nine days. Nice. Uh, and then definitely they'd probably be, geez, uh, getting... 100k? Towards 100k. Probably not quite 100, but but towards 100k's um, and probably did you know, a bit more swimming, probably up to about 10k of swimming. We didn't have a lot of opportunity to swim. Um, so we've got that, that's the distances. We did have events most days and I thought on this camp in particular, and I warned people on the first day that maybe you take the events a little bit easier. Didn't happen. Well, athletes, everyone knows that. But th- these athletes even went harder than, than on the normal camps, mm. I feel. So mm. that was bloody impressive. So most of the days we had some sort of event uh, which added a lot of intensity in there. Uh, so a quick wrap, wrap down from when we spoke last week. We had just been absolutely pounded on the West Coast with rain. We'd ridden all day in pouring rain, but we had had a tailwind and it wasn't too cold. Next day we rode Greymouth to Franz Joseph, which was uh, around about 180 k's. We were worried first thing because we <laughs> rolled out and it was raining again. And after two days of rain, thinking this is going to be misery for 180 k's. Thankfully, it cleared up and we had an absolutely spectacular day. Next day was was pretty similar. We went from um, Franz Joseph to Haast, and Franz Joseph is a glacier there. We went for a run up there. Absolutely stunning, uh, and we had a really nice, clear day and great, great riding. Hardly any cars on the road. Um, from there, I think that day was about 150 k's. So it might have been, yeah, I think it was 150. And then we went Haas to Wanaka. So this is where we transfer from the west coast of New Zealand across to Wanaka, where the home of Challenge Wanaka is. For me, best day of the camp. Scenery just mind blowing. First hour of the ride didn't have one single car on the road so my sympathies were with the tourist operators because that really sucks however for us it was incredible and then we ran up um, Mount Iron which anybody who's been to Wanaka it's a sort of the a small not a small a medium-sized hill um, at the, the back of Wanaka it was that we raced up there it was I think a two about two kilometer race and whole this was a trail run it was steep and my god everybody bust their guts to get up there uh, and that ruined me for the next day absolutely ruined me we went Wanaka to Arrowtown shortest day of the camp it was only 60 k's um, but we had to go over the Crown Range which is a um, 
it's not a mountain pass. I don't even know. I can't remember what altitude you go at. It's a decent climber. It's a decent climb. Yeah. And what caught, caught, Which way you Monica up? Yeah. And what yeah. caught, it didn't catch me out, but we stopped at the Cadrona pub, which is at the bottom base of a ski field. Great. No, that's another place you need to go in New Zealand. If you're mm-hmm. in the South Island, go to the Cadrona pub. Great pub. Great pub. So we regrouped there. And then the approach to the main climb, we, we started the King of the Mountains race there. It was a lot longer than I thought, and it's just dragging at maybe 3% or so. And you're thinking, I'm thinking, when is this climb going to kick in? And it just took forever. And by this stage, I'd been dropped, felt absolutely woeful, couldn't even couldn't even produce half Ironman power and I was trying quite hard and then you hit the main part of the climb and it was a lot harder than I remembered and it just kept going and going and going. It was I was not enjoying it. I enjoyed just about every other day on this camp except that day just sucked big time. Uh, <laughs> but however, earlier in that morning we did have a swim race and I won the one kilometre race so that oh, was pretty good. Who did you take out? Who, who was close? Tyron. But I, I had the goggle factor going on. You didn't put the goggles on? We had we had two heats and so he went in the first heat so they had the time to beat and with those new form goggles, it's just gold. You can just, and I, I felt awesome in the water for, I felt terrible running and biking that day, felt awesome in the water. And with the goggles, you can see your pace all the way through. So I'm going, I've got this in the bag after a couple of hundred metres as long as I can keep this up. Uh, so that was good. We also went to the, the maze in Wanaka and we did a team's race there. This was entertaining. What do you mean, your team's race in the, in the maze? In the maze. So many people there because you'd be bashing into people, wouldn't you? There wasn't many people there, oh. which was good. So the Wanaka maze, go check it out. It's not oh, we're just, doing a tour of the South Island today, team. Yeah, it's not just a maze. They've got this whole area. That's um, cool. Yeah, of games. You go inside and, and they've got visual kind of optical illusions and mm. games. and It's a great family place. Yeah, absolutely gold. And so in the maze, you've got four corners and four towers you've got to find to complete the maze. It's not just go in and get yourself out. You've got to try to go to four corners in the maze. And what I did was in each corner, um, we had teams of two. So I was with Nadia McLaren yep. and from Christchurch. And you had to pick up like a jigsaw piece kind of thing. And so you had to go to your four corners, rush your way out, and then you had to try to make a, the letter T out of four really odd-shaped pieces of different okay. coloured wood. So it's a jigsaw puzzle. It was impossible. Well, no, it wasn't impossible. It was highly frustrating because you're looking <laughs> at it going, I think we've got this. I think we were fourth team out of the maze? 15 coming out of, out of the maze. How long the maze? took some people a lot longer than others. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it probably took us... 40 minutes, something oh, like okay. that. It's a reasonable amount of time. It, is it just luck or you are figuring it out? A little bit of both. Yeah. It's, it's cool, mate, because it's got these walkways you can go over the top. And you can see bits. You can see down and then you think, oh, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's designed so well that you think you got it and then you haven't. So, yeah, we, we did pretty good in that there, Nadia. So you come out, you've got a jigsaw puzzle and you couldn't do a jigsaw puzzle? Couldn't do it. What is four just, pieces? It, you go and try it next time you're down there. Uh, so we were, I think we ended up getting sixth, but we needed, most teams needed a, a cheat oh, okay. to, to get it. It was uh, really difficult, very frustrating as it dragged on for like half an hour or so. Didn't get it. So that was pretty cool, just something a bit different. Uh, then we went from Arrowtown through to Gore, which was 180 kilometres. And amazing down the down the side of the lake and in, in around the Queenstown area, just spectacular spectacular turned to horrific <laughs> we hit, got hit by the southerly front a weather bomb came through and it was misery on two wheels we uh every, most people were a little bit underdressed uh, i don't feel the cold quite as much as others but some were suffering oh. we pulled into this place called lumsden and that was where our bags were going to be uh, and this was probably 
don't know, 70, 80 k's into the ride, something like that. People were freezing, ch- teeth were chattering. And Kathy O'Rourke and Ken O'Rourke were part of our support crew. Gold, they just started hammering this fish and chip shop. We got there and there were hot chips and they were just getting devoured. Uh, and then we had to get back out into the rain and it was it was just misery. Uh, I think Ian Wood was uh, vomiting his <laughs> vomiting his hot chips up because the pace of the hammer got put down pretty hard. Uh, that was a character testing day. Thankfully, it cleared up a little bit so it wasn't quite as miserable at the end, but we did have some pretty woeful uh, headwinds. So that was day eight, and then day nine was our final day, Gorda Bluff. Everyone let their guard down, sun came out, you're thinking, happy days, roll into oh, happy roll days. into Bluff, and then about a third of the way into the ride, wind switched, started getting headwind, a little bit of rain, and then the last third of the ride was full-on Kona-style winds. It was, you couldn't, hide in the group the middle third you could kind of sit in the middle and you're okay you're getting protection the last third <clears throat> it was kind of a on, onto your shot onto your right shoulder and it was full Kona strength winds people were, were getting blown off it wasn't quite as gusty as Kona because that's when you really get thrown off yeah. the road this was a constant force I, I had a quick look at my training peaks file in one hour I think we struggled to make 20 kilometers oh, that's a uh, so how long were we riding for the day uh, we did 150 k's. Oh, so when it takes it out to 20, you're thinking it's going to be a long day yeah. in the office. And what you had in the back of the mind is when you've heard, well, have heard this, we talk about this a lot, is Bluff Hill was at the end of the day. And this was an absolute brutal climb. Thankfully, with about three or four k's to go into Bluff, then we made the court, the turn, and then we had a tailwind uh. and the final little approach. So you freshened up a little bit, and then we tackled Bluff Hill, which I was. Takes me a little bit to get worried. I was worried I was not going to make it to the top because <laughs> we're on TT bikes. So on a road bike with compact cranks and all that sort of stuff, you know, you're probably going to get up there. There was a couple of corners, that, or one corner in particular that I think got up to about 25%, nice. which is seriously steep. Yep. But on a TT bike, when you've got limited gearing, a lot heavier, it was going to be a real, real challenge. I chickened out last time on the length of New Zealand. So this time around, yeah. going to give it a nudge. Why did you chicken out on the length of New Zealand? Uh, we were just rooted. It was 15 days, and I thought it was going to be harder than what it was. It was so so steep, <coughs> and I'd seen seen it on, you know, tour of Southland and and so on, and it looked brutal. And as it turned out, um, because we'd been battling these horrendous headwinds, we had a tailwind up there, which helped a lot oh, okay. to, to push you up. It was still incredibly steep. My strategy was go as slow as I possibly could whilst still carrying on up the hill, yep. start zigzagging as early as possible. Oh, really? That uh, as, and that did happen very, very early on. And, Zigzagging's uh, funny, but because it, you, you lose momentum every time you zigzag. You do a little bit. And, and then I had the problem, I, at one stage I caught up to Hamish, I don't hit the wall, uh, and I had to make sure my zigzag got in tune with him just oh, as I course, passed yeah. him, because he started zigzagging, and I was like, oh, no, we're on the wrong side here, and I had to just <laughs> change it a bit. We got to the top, though. The, the top section was extremely tough. To put in perspective, I had a quick look at my power file, and, and sort of the steepest part, I was pumping out about 360 to 370 watts or nice. so in that region. Cadence was 40 RPM, wow. uh, and I wasn't moving very fast. So that was it. Then we rolled down the hill and uh, we were done and dusted. You've got some records here, John. We have got records. One record, uh, this was sort of a summary of the speech I did on the, the final night at dinner. So this camp had a bunch of records. It had a bunch of first times. It was a record number of participants. I had 30 athletes, including myself, on the camp, which is by far the most I've had. Uh, and it worked. I was quite worried beforehand I'd bitten off a bit more than I can chew, but it, but it worked. 
that's credit to the athletes for, for making it work. Very different abilities. I put a, um, my faith in the ability of the slower group, and the slower group, to put that in perspective, were probably, they're, they're probably sort of between 5.45 to 6.15 Ironman bike time, so they're not back of the packers. Yeah, it was a terrible time. But um, they're sort of... Five, what? I'd say the fastest of them would have been no. They're probably more six uh, six hours to yeah. to six. Because in the five year edition rider, yeah, not saying they're bad riders, but you know what I mean. Like, so, but they're not front of the packers. They're not back of the packers. They're sort of mid to mid to a third down the pack. Yep. And I, so it was a bit of a leap of faith to go. Yep, I'm I'm okay with you guys coming on the camp, and I did encourage a few of them to do so. I kind of thought if their bodies hold up, hold together, they'll get through it. And that group were. So so proud of them. They did amazingly well, wow. and they had a really cool little team going, yep. and just uh, made it work together. Made it work, and so they were. Brilliant. That's cool because eh? that camaraderie that is. Mm. You know that we're working through hardship together, but we're going to pull each other up along the way. That's, mm. that's awesome. Uh, and so you'll hear a bit of that in the interviews later on. So really, really proud of them, and hopefully that's opened the door for other people with the same attitude uh, that yep, I can do this. So mm. that was cool. Uh, camp completion rate. Pretty much everyone completed. We had a few people that were injured that couldn't complete certain things, and we knew that going in. So they went out and tacked on extra bits when they couldn't run. They'd go and do extra 30k bike rides. So that was awesome. Uh, the tack-ons on this camp was pro rata, probably higher than anything else. And I was not expecting this. I was thinking everyone's going in for this camp completion, and that's what they were talking about earlier on. But there was tack-ons, tack-ons left, right, and centre for getting points. So that was cool. Another record. I don't know if you've heard, you heard this yet or not. We, so we have a butterfly challenge, 200 meters butterfly. Yeah, I did it and I drowned. It is very, very difficult to do. And this time around, though, for this... <laughs> right, yeah, I remember doing it. The last lap, like it's a, it's a, it's a fish out of water. I was yeah. just literally humping. Yeah, you're humping. Yeah. yeah. There was, <laughs> it probably took me five hours to do the last lap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty decent swimmer. And for me, it's a very intimidating challenge. And so I changed it a little bit on this camp based on people's swim ability. So if you were... A, we had some... We yep. had some bad swimmers. <laughs> I'm not going to beat around the bush. We had some bad swimmers. And I, I made it like, if your swim time is X, Y, Z, then you can, you've got to try for 50 or 100. And the reasonable swimmers was 200. And then I thought, I'll add in a little bonus here to try to give people a nudge. Every 25 metres you do, you get, you'd get on top of your target, you get an extra quarter of a point. John Hancock, Mountain Snail, took this to the next level. Oh, really? <laughs> Try, uh, do you know the answer to this or no, not? How far no, he swam? No, no, take, take a guess how far you think he swam. This well, is he butterfly. is a good swimmer. He's a good swimmer. He is a good swimmer. Do I go crazy something like 800 meters? Not quite that crazy. Okay. Well, what do you reckon? It must be about four or 500? 550 meters of butterfly. Jeez, that's impressive. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I didn't get to see it. I got to see him start because we, we, you have to take like a lane each. Uh, and so he, he took off. And I thought, Did he tell you he's going to go quicker? No. Um, I thought he might do a bit extra, and I thought his butterfly. To be, <laughs> no disrespect, I thought his butterfly technique was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't amazing. Yeah. So I thought oh, John's going to get his two hundred, and then I went off to another lane, started doing it, and he finished like about the same time I did. Five hundred and fifty meters of butterfly. So he's a good swimmer. He's not an ex-pro yeah. swimmer or anything like yeah. that. You know, he's probably. I'm guessing probably about an hour for an Ironman. That was inc- insane. That's insane to the membrane. Another record I loved. We were never late. This crew was awesome. I think they were a little bit scared I was going to go mental if they were late. And so they did extremely well. Lack of mechanicals on this. Um, pedal power in Wellington. Shane from up there. Uh, he kept the bikes in order. He was he was an athlete as well. And then what do you he, say mechanicals lack? 
lack of. We just normally oh, on camps, problems. Okay, bikes yeah. are exploding left, right, and centre. Yep. Um, but he looked after those, and he was doing the camp as well. It's not like we had a bike mechanic. Lack of punctures. Final night, I think we had six punctures on the entire camp, oh, which was impressive. awesome. Yeah. Record number of tough, tough weather days. This was by. F- I'm going to say by far the toughest weather camp we've ever had. First timers, um, or first times, first time we've had a pink jersey competition. So or what's a pink real, jersey? For the females. Okay, yep. Great number of females, they embraced it. Um, Nicola Hankinson, who you're going to hear from later in the show, she led from start to finish, but man, she had plenty chipping away at her shoulders. It's the first time I've not lost my shit, either publicly <laughs> or privately on the camp. And you've seen that the, some of the crap I have to go de- through on camps. This group was awesome, so I loved that. And <laughs> I often don't do when it publicly. John loses shit, it's always gold. Yeah, I usually don't do it publicly, but privately, most camps I will. Um, and first time support crew, um, we had Ken and Kathy O'Rourke, who were awesome. Kathy just owned the laundry, which is a horrible job. Yeah. She just crushed it. You know, 30 people's laundry. Yeah, when mission. we had lots of wet days, she caned it. Kylie Cox was, uh, she had her big pants on for this camp. First time she's done the big one, she did amazing. Just cranked right out a huge amount of, uh, of massage, which was brilliant. My wife, Belinda, first time we had her on the camp, and she did an incredible job. It's fair to say I was a little worried going in yeah, as to how it was going to work. The, have a little dynamic. faith, mate. And it was gold, and she made my camp a lot more enjoyable, so I was very happy with her. And then we don't have a first-timer or records. Actually, Dave Wand's probably record camp. He's been on just about every single one. So wait, was he helping or was he Dave was uh, helping. Okay, great. Did a great job. Any other helpers that you haven't mentioned? No, that's uh, that's it, I think. Yep, Ken yep. and Kathy, Kylie and Belinda. And Dave. The se- and Dave and the scenery, Kiwis, if Paradise. you're listening, get amongst it. Uh, no, we know right now you can't, but like inter- interestingly, my parents are big travellers. They love travelling. And of course, we can't travel right now. They're doing the South Island. And they've been around the South Island, but they're just they're just absolutely loving it. it. Brilliant. We live in paradise. We're so lucky. So if you ever get a chance to make it to this way of the world, highly, highly recommend, even if it's not on some crazy campus, just get a chance to see. Go down the West Coast. Yeah, Brilliant. absolutely stunning. Anything else? Uh, the attitude on this camp was next level. Um, most athletes come to the camp. They've got lots of experience um, and lots of base under them. A lot of the athletes on this camp had only ridden over 150 k's a couple of da- couple of times. Some of them yep. are half Ironman oh, athletes, wow. and you know you just got to imagine waking up after seven days of riding 100 to 200 k's a day, and then doing 180 kilometers uh, in horrendous weather. The mental gains are going to get out of this is going to be amazing. Yep. The camaraderie on this camp was was outstanding for a big group. Everyone, they just you had these little clusters form. It wasn't clicky clusters, but those are the people they were riding with, and the, the camaraderie was awesome. Uh, and this was a proper epic camp, even though we had uh, you know some slightly slower athletes. It was the for the full Monty. Uh, so good on everybody who who did the camp. It was awesome. So we're going to have some interviews coming up. John Boo, who we got first? First we have the pink jersey winner, Nicola Hankinson, and I think the interview was relatively early in the camp. I know last week I didn't get any females, so I made a, a much bigger effort to get a few females for you guys. So first up, Nick Hankinson from Wellington. Here she is. Right, a team. Uh, we've got our current pink jersey leader, She and she's not actually far off the, leading the men's, uh, well, not, not the men's, overall as well. Nick from Wellington, tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I'm from Wellington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've got two beautiful daughters. Um, How old? They're ten and twelve. Oh, are, very similar. Who um, do the Weetbix Kids Triathlons? Very yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, my first epic camp. I'm enjoying it so far. So good. Um, and what about your in terms of working, home setup? I'm an accountant. Training? 
Oh, yeah, exciting, yeah. eh? Okay. <laughs> Working full time. I uh, work four days a week, so I don't work on Fridays. Nice. Yeah, so do a bit of training on Fridays, which is cool fun. And how long have you been? Uh, what sort of triathlon experience background? So my triathlon experience, I've probably been doing triathlon about six years. Mm-hmm. I did Ironman about five years ago. So I've always run. I've loved running all my life, and um, when I was working in London, I started biking to work because I hated the tube. Mm-hmm. People were too close, and then when I was pregnant, I started swimming mm-hmm. because I couldn't really run, and um, I still rode my bike actually when I was pregnant. But um, we're, we're jiggling all over the place up here. We got, we're in uh, Franz Joseph, and the sand flies are coming in, and so we're jiggling around. But sorry, carry on. Scratching ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I just absolutely loved it, and so uh, I'm 43 years old. Yeah. So. Uh, Every muscle in my body sort of aches um, from time to time. And I just love triathlon for that because you're not using the same muscles all the time. So yeah. all your um, yeah, different muscle groups get a turn, which is great. I don't know how the whole um, Wellington Armada turned up at this camp, but what, mm. were, what was uh, – uh, oh, Mountain wow. Snail instigated things and, and then what happened? Yeah, so Mountain Snail told Phil Bilborough mm-hmm. and Phil Bilborough, his daughter and my daughter do cheerleading together. So one yeah. Tuesday night I was there – uh, picking up my daughter and mm-hmm. so was Phil and we're having a chat and he was like oh you know this whole COVID thing is getting me down um, but I've signed up to do this cool camp and I, mm-hmm. he's telling me about it I was like that sounds amazing and I went home and I started doing some googling and I couldn't find it I said oh Phil can yeah. you flick me the link um, so he sent it through and I um, I signed up the very next day I told my husband I asked my husband very nicely honey do you him. think <laughs> I told him about the camp and I said do you think you know I'd possibly be able to go on the camp and he said, yeah, absolutely, no worries. Um, he said, oh, that's um, quite a long way to go on a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he didn't look at the finer detail, I don't think. Yeah. Um, he is actually from the South Island. He's from Christchurch. Oh, nice. So I um, kind of thought that, yeah, he, he would know that it would take a bit longer to yeah. to drive. But, um, yes, and then I, the next day, uh, went swimming with Rach. Mm-hmm. Cunningham and told her about it mm-hmm. and then um, she was super keen and, and so obviously she, she brought Shane mm-hmm. along and we told Anna Guy and she gets FOMO like mm. crazy so then yeah next minute she's doing it and then I think they trained with Tom as well with Mr Smith so yeah. so Tom Tom was super keen and um, right. I think Mountain Snail it they got Helen to come along yeah as well so yeah it just went like wildfire oh, I honestly I, I don't I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to come quite yeah, honestly yeah. good um it's just yeah it's amazing so you'd, you'd done your you know did you know much about it coming in uh, in terms of what you, you seem to be pretty onto it with the points competition and stuff oh, so. so this is what I said to myself over and over again before I came do not care about the points do not care about the points you do not <laughs> and it just doesn't work at all because yeah. I'm just I'm actually type a personality so I'm like super motivated um yeah, so I tried, this is camp completion, all I want to do, I just want to get to Invercargill. And I've never actually been to Franz Joseph's, this is my Great. first time here today, so I'm just trying to like soak it all in along the way, you mm. know. Um, but you've been going Harry Hard Nuts, uh, which, is, <laughs> which is great to see. It's great to have an audience for this. We've got a, we've got a guest audience here tonight. The Colonel's over there, my wife's over there, and we've got Charlotte. We might have to get Charlotte on here I as well. We, well, it's actually Charlotte's fault. So today we um, we all rode our longest ever bike ride, 210 kilometres, which was definitely not the plan when we woke up this morning. Um, and I blame Charlotte, actually. Yeah. Um, it just It's quite... 
uh, funny being on a camp where everybody is equally as crazy as each other. <laughs> yeah. So I think we kind of we laughed hysterically from about 180k to 210 because we knew it was a stupid thing to do. Yeah. But yet we kept doing it. <laughs> oh no, the attitude on this camp has been outstanding, even more so than when we have when we have the epic camps with the high standard athletes. Most that we did plenty of people tack on, but not to quite the same extent that we've had on this camp so far, which has been bloody impressive. And so the first three, we didn't race today, but the first three days we raced, had a race every day. Right. And you went pretty well on all of those. Oh, yeah. I um, So I went to physio last Wednesday and um, I buggered my knee and it wasn't a knee injury. It was just my IT band was really tight, putting pressure on my knee. And he said, and he's a friend of mine and he said, do not exercise before you go on camp on Friday. He said, yeah. don't, just no more. And so obviously I still rode my bike to work because I don't want to catch the bus or anything like that. But I, and I went to yoga because that's stretching yeah. and he didn't say don't do that. But so I'd had a few days off running. So yeah. <laughs> so when you let us free that morning yeah. on the beach and I could run again, I was like, yes, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Good. Um, and how have you found it on the body? So we've done day four. Yeah. God, you guys, uh, I haven't done as much as you. You've, we must have done probably over 600k on the bike in yeah, the first four days, plus know, some hard yeah. stuff. I know Tracy, my roommate, was there calculating it. I was like, actually, I don't, please don't tell me. Please <laughs> do not tell me. I think ignorance is bliss. But, you know, so um, I've had two massages now. Mm-hmm. So we got back from the bike ride today, right? And first thing is I see Kylie and she said, here's some warm bacon and egg pie. Mm-hmm. And I'll just make you a smoothie. And your massage is at 5.45. So I just feel like we've been so well looked after. You know, like Great. there's your protein, there's your recovery. Yeah. So I think that all helps, right? Uh, but but how you, it did hurt. Uh, but, <laughs> but how are you feeling? You know, four, four days of solid exercise. Um, how are you feeling at, at like a muscular level and also yeah. just in terms of energy? Um, yeah. So about 140k in on the bike ride today. So I don't know if you realize, but yesterday I biked by myself by mistake. Yeah, <laughs> somebody <laughs> was tacking on early and missed the rollout. Yeah. So today I was running with the group. It's actually really funny. Like in the first 10 minutes, I, I said to everyone, "Wow, maybe 20 minutes. Look at the blue sky." You know, because it started it was pissing down with rain when we left. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize group etiquette, you only talk if there's an emergency. And so the whole group <laughs> stopped. And I was like, I don't want you to stop. I'm just, it's just sorry. Because yesterday I talked to myself the whole time and I talked to the cows <laughs> and the sheep and, yeah. and nobody stopped. We kept yeah. going. But yeah, I found it really hard to get used to riding with a group again. Mm. And I was like, am I tired? Am I like, I couldn't, couldn't keep up. And you know, mm. when you're riding by yourself, you, you set your own pace. So mm. yeah, it took me a good wee while to get used to it. And then about 140k in, I was like, I can't, you guys go. I said, I'm totally happy. Yeah. But you know, I've never been here before. I'm just taking in the scenery. But they were such a nice bunch. They wouldn't let me drop off. Drop off. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, 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 we're all good. We're all going together. And um, yes, yeah, so I think you go through waves of like, I'm just going to take it easy now. Mm. And then um, I think FOMO's got a big part to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you see um, other people doing cool stuff. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll so, come too. So, you know, you've had a pretty impressive start. You're in the, the pink jersey. And, and I think I didn't have a really quick look at the points, but I think you're only a couple of points off uh, the, the fellas in yellow. No, less than a point. Less than a point. Yeah. It's very well, tight Well, I don't know top. how up to date the points are. No, no, it's been updated today. Has it? Yeah, so, yeah. so I think I'm 59. I think um, the, watching the boys race play out is actually hilarious. So I think Tom's on 59.825 and Tyrone mm. might be 59.8 something. As well. like, yeah. So it's, it's less than 
point one of a point between them. Yeah. And I don't know who's going to die first, but I think I feel like I feel sorry for Tom at the moment. Quite honestly, <laughs> once you're once you're in the yellow jersey, you're kind the, the of obligated. On. You're so obligated he, to so defend. Tom is actually still ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You're obligated to defend, and Tom's defending admirably, which he, is which he is good honestly to see. is. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who. If, uh, like, how many are you, of us are you expecting to make it to Invercargill? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> how many people did you book for ev- down there? Yeah. Like, are you saving I've, money? I've, I've, got, I've got a <laughs> that invoice has got. I actually got the invoice through today, <laughs> yeah. so maybe I'll, I'll hold off paying <laughs> yeah, that for a day or two. Exactly. A few people might depart in Queenstown. Um, what, what's your objectives though for the next few days? I tell people to take it one day at a time. Yeah, but I don't like to look plans? too far ahead. Yeah, so tomorrow, like super looking forward to the run up in France, Joseph. Like, you know, that'll be um, mm. quite a cool experience and, you know, clearly we'll tack on and run back home because mm. we have to come mm. home for breakfast anyway. Yep. Um, I understand it's a pretty rough start, like first 25Ks up, uphill and then mm. we get to break. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to make it to the next place. That that's all. Yeah, if, that's I, I've all just I remembered do. something else. Uh, have you, you've got a few John said. You almost started up a, a laminated oh, yeah. sheet or something. John yeah, yeah, said. Yeah. John, John said. Um, eat lots of fiber. Yeah, one thing. You're ticking that box every day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this I mentioned today. Uh, like after today. How many? How much fibers in the M's bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um, a few of us are a bit worried that we're going to get kicked off camp for eating too many of those. Yeah, no, we've got you, a good. Are you counting? We've how many got a we're... good stock of M's bars. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. What else did John say? Stretching your hamstrings Stretch every day. Stretching hamstrings every day. So, I mean, I did do that the first day, so yes. that was good. And uh, you Checking know, that one. I feel like having a massage means you don't have to stretch so um, much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll ask Kylie about that. <laughs> Um, what else did I have down there? Yeah, there was like there was a few classic things that I feel like would get you through camp if you were to remember them. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. It, was, it becomes a blur after day three or four. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, no, you're doing you're doing a fantastic job. So keep Thanks. it up, and uh, we'll definitely get you on again if you hold on to that pink jersey Ooh. all the way through oh, to the end, cool. and maybe even. I haven't even decided what we're going to do if you take home both jerseys. Like when you go to the Tour de France. Oh, no, don't. Both, Stop you, it. No, don't encourage me. Both. You know, the last thing I need is encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, you're doing great jobs. Keep it up. Cool. Thanks, John. John. Uh, so Nick held on to that pink jersey. It was actually a T-shirt all the way through. And she was very proud of it. And so she should be because she did plenty of tacking on. And it's a, you know, look, I've still got my King of the Mountain jersey. Oh, yeah. You know, like, because you, you work so hard for these things. Yeah, and she was right up there with the boys. Like, I think she probably finished fourth or fifth overall. Because uh, I remember when I won it, um, the first year, they wouldn't meet, you only had to win like two to get it. Mm. And then you decided, no, it needs to be a lot harder to win it. So the year I won it, I was... I had to, grind so many hills to get there bloody <laughs> and I, I can't remember who else was racing me for it but someone was giving me heaps and uh, a lot, I think came down to the last one I managed to get on the last one it nice. was definitely something to be proud of so well done Nicola next up is Charlotte Steele here she is hopefully that'll work there we go Next up, um, hold that mic nice and close there, Charlotte. We've got Charlotte, who was a, a late signee up to the camp. Well, she was actually an early signee up to the camp and then couldn't come, then could come. So, Charlotte, tell us just a little bit about yourself and uh, and your story to, to getting yourself to camp. Yeah, so Luke, my partner, and I seen the camp. Well, Luke seen the camp and thought this would be a great idea. So mm. this was during lockdown and... I had a look and he advertised it to me as a, a bike trip from Nelson to Bluff. And I thought, oh, cool. That'd be great. Yeah. So we thought, oh, yeah, we'd sign up. And anyway, we got in touch with John and that was all go. And then we found out we had a wedding that had been postponed 
to the date when we were meant to be on camp. Change of plan, we didn't sign up. Well, we, yeah. And then we signed up to another race instead. And then, I don't know, maybe two months out from the camp, the wedding got postponed again. Because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And then we decided that, oh, a, a spot came up on the camp and, yeah, yeah we decided to switch races and, and come along. Cool. So you've, you've done a bit of try. Um, tell, tell us, you, you, if you're happy to tell us your age and sort of what you do for, for a crust and, uh, and sort of your, your triathlon background. Well, so I'm 27 and my triathlon background is uh, very minimal. I have done one. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought it was uh, a little bit more than that, but that's uh, okay. No, so again, Luke convinced me to do a half Ironman. And I had a couple of races leading up to it, smaller triathlons like the um, Pack and Save Triathlon and, and that. Yeah. And uh, both times I got sick before them, so I, d- I yeah. didn't do them. And then, yeah, did the Taupo Half Ironman in 2018. Um, Great. Which, yeah. Was but you've, you've, you must have do a bit of multi-sport and stuff because you, you look pretty decent out there on the bike and the run. Yeah, so I have done a little bit of multi-sport, yeah. um, have done a few adventure races and had, have done the Coast to Coast two-day event this year and have... How did that go? Yeah, it was um, pretty good. Good. Yep. So any, got any, through. Any placing anywhere? Oh, just shy of the podium. Oh, very <laughs> nice. So one of the things you said to me before the camp, you said, oh, I'm not so sure about this swimming business. Haven't been really doing any swimming and I'm not a good swimmer either. So how did you feel lining up on the first day? We had an aquathon um, to start up. Uh, so it was open water swim. It potentially was going to be pretty cold. It was the first day of camp, so there was probably a few nerves around anyway. How are you sort of feeling before that? Absolutely petrified. I hate <laughs> swimming in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was actually worried that I'd picked up the wrong wetsuit to be honest because <laughs> it was all with our uh, surf wetsuits and stuff. I hadn't put it on since the half Ironman that I did in 2018. Yeah. Um, but yeah, got through it, finished it, which was good. That was yeah, just. But how did you find the swim? Did you once you got out of it? Did you go, yeah, I feel really good about that, or you just? I was really happy to just get it over and done with. Yeah, I warmed into it. It was fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just nice to tick it off and didn't, um, yeah. So t- you guys, and this is not being sneaky, but it was being uh, smart this morning. It was absolutely pissing down still this morning. And some people went out and did a 10K run. Um, a few people had gone to do a swim the night before. Your partner, Luke, chose not to go for a swim. Um, and he's right in the mix in the in the the yellow jersey, so I thought oh, that's a bit of an interesting move. But you guys decided this morning to go bust out a swim, which was sensible given the conditions. Um, but tell us what you decided to do to get some bonus points. Yeah, so we set the alarm for 5.30, intending to do a 10k run. But when we woke up and got out of bed and felt our legs, we thought maybe that's not the best idea, going into a 170k ride, which we knew would turn into a bit more. <laughs> but yeah, we'd seen that the pool was open at 5.30 and decided to head on down and I decided to give the 1k bands a crack <laughs> yeah for a non for somebody who's a non-swimmer how did you how did you get through that and also I hadn't even dished out any tips on the 1k bands and you must have just gone down there and busted it out well we were a bit short for time and I wasn't going to get in any other swim set so mm. I thought I'd give it a crack it was actually better than what I thought I've only ever swum two lengths with bands on and <laughs> <laughs> my feet were dragging across the bottom of the pool. 
And I said to Luke before I came on camp, I'm, I'm not doing the bands. I didn't mm. even bring a band with me. Mm. <laughs> um, but once I warmed into it, I did it and it was very slow, but you know what? I ticked it off and got the point. Excellent. And meanwhile, Luke went and did a 200 metre butterfly, which, and we've seen video evidence, and uh, that was well done on his part. So, what are your, what, what are your sort of um, objectives for the rest of the camp? Um, well, originally at the start of the camp, it was camp, camp completion. completion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, day one, peer pressure was on, and yeah. everyone started doing extra stuff, and I thought, shit. <laughs> I'm going to do it too. <laughs> yeah. So rest of the camp, obviously finish what we need to. And if there's any easy tack-ons, do those. And yeah, haven't thought too much more about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked Nick before about her, how her body's sort of handling it. Um, how are you sort of getting on, you know, on a, on a muscular level and an energy systems level? Uh, not too bad at the moment, I think. A little bit sore, but. I thought I'd be a bit more worse for wear, mm. given the case that we've we've racked up already, and tiredness. I think yeah, probably this morning was the first morning I woke up and thought I am a little bit tired, but mm. I mean, got through the day and well, yeah. You're gonna be on fire tomorrow. She was in the had the boots out, the old compression boots. Uh, so your legs are gonna be just absolutely recovered tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, thanks very much for coming on, and uh, you're doing a great job. So keep it up. Cool. Thanks, John. John, tell me about Charlotte. Charlotte came to camp and said, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the swimming. She's doing multi-sport and she's oh, done okay. a couple of half Ironmans. She just caned it. No, and I think she was either second or third in the, the points competition and she was nipping away at uh, Nicola and she needed to, Nicola, Nick needed to ha- have eyes in the back of her head. So Charlotte did an amazing job. Uh, look out for her in the coast-to-coast results. Okay, next up we've got the Holy Hammer, Murray Lepworth. Right, team, uh, we are on day eight, eight. eight of Epic Camp. Uh, I think it's been a few days since I've done the interviews. It's been uh, sort of hell for leather. So we're, we're just sort of setting off. We've been out for a 10K run. We had a bit of mutiny on Epic Camp this morning for the first time in a while. Uh, <laughs> I suggested to the team, uh, why don't we go do a 10K? I had two things suggested. First one was a nice, scenic 10-kilometre trail run alongside a river in a place called Arrowtown, which is near Queenstown beautiful part of the country and then I had the idea last night I haven't clicked off my my 10k uh, timed run yet so I con- contacted Paddy Cribb one of our patrons and uh, he lives in Arrowtown said where can we do a 10k sort of fairly flat route he gave me a gave me a, a suggested uh, route to go and do said to the team right I'm off to go and do that and there was no shows of hands I thought at least I'd have one and then I thought, I'm going to be dick of the day if I go do this by myself when I send everybody else elsewhere. So I joined uh, everybody else, including the Holy Hammer who was out there, who's been a, a regular on the show. So welcome along, Murray. Thank you. Good to be here, John. So Murray has been on, he's done a Kona camp, he's done uh, a, a Roth camp, and he's also done the Full Monty in France in 2016, and where he took home the red jersey, which was the old farts jersey, and <laughs> d- destroyed himself in the process. Uh so Murray, day eight, uh, how's, how's things holding up? Oh, I'm feeling fairly fatigued and tired, yeah. It's a bit of a low point today. <laughs> today, it's supposed to rain. We had a little bit of drizzle, but it's calm. But the forecast is for a southerly change, and we're heading south. So we're racing to beat the southerly change on our biggest ride of the camp, 175.7 kilometres. 
chances are no one's going to finish at 175. They're going to do the bonus 4.3Ks to get up to 180, and then you'll get a few nut jobs that will go to 200. Um, Murray, you've done camps in the past. How does this one uh, stack up against what you've done previously? Well, I think doing these camps is a bit like giving birth to babies. You forget how tough they are, and then you're <laughs> stupid enough to sign up to do them again. Yeah. So this feels tougher than... France and clearly it's not but um, I'm not as fit as what I was for France and um, it's been full on there's been uh, not a lot of downtime so it's been and moving every day I think is probably a fatiguing factor too in France you did it very well where we progressively stayed longer and longer two to three days in the end so uh, but it's been a great experience and and fantastic and um, I'd be keen on uh, another version of the South Island, if it's mm. in March in the nice warm summer, but um, <laughs> I'm not so keen on this cold, wet stuff. So, um, How many babies have you had? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got three children. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll check in with Maria on uh, how hard the childbirth was for you. Um, it's a really different group on this camp. You, you came to France and we had you know, a fairly competitive group, um, you know, slightly higher end group. What are, what are some of the key differences you've noticed with this group compared to, to say, the more A-type personalities? I mean, there's definitely a few A-type personalities here. but, but Well, it's interesting because there's been the competition for the top two has been pretty intense yeah. for tacking on, more so than what I recall of, of, of France. I agree. So, um, but overall, it's been, yeah, very sociable. Um, but And it's quite interesting that, I think because it's all, all Kiwis essentially apart from some expat uh, mm. Brits so um, different dynamics with not other cultures here so it's uh, probably a bit more laid back and casual Kiwi. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the tacking on has been impressive on this camp as Murray said uh, across the board everybody's just tacking on even if they're not up towards the pointy end they're just tacking on like crazy even people that you know 100 180k is is the limit they've gone 210 they've got all the bonus points so exactly yeah uh and so what do we got in store so what's what's your tactics you got two days to go um you you, you're under you did extremely well going into wanaka so the day before yesterday we rode uh, from a place called harst uh over the harst pass which was a Really nice climb, steep, you know, several k's of really good steep stuff, flattened off, then kicked to the top, and then we had uh, just a stunning rolling ride into into Wanaka, and the hammer went down a, a little bit, and uh, you were probably the the nail on that day rather than the hammer. Uh, what what <laughs> what was the what, what motivated you to stay with the group? A couple of the young bucks dropped off. Uh, what was what was your motivation just to stay with the group when you could have cruised in? Uh, mental toughness is something I um, am keen on and it's for the sake of a little bit of extra effort for a matter of a short period of time you get to sit in the group still rather than mm. be on your own and feeling sorry for yourself and uh, so that was the, the, the key thing and as you recall the um, energy did return at the end and managed to pull the boys into town at sort of somewhere between half Iron Man and Iron Man pace so. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the funniest moments we were coming up a, a, towards the top of a climb and I was on the front, and I was pushing at a reasonably solid intensity, and uh, somebody said something to you, and you went, just, something like this, just, just trying, just, just, just to stay with the group. <laughs> <And> it was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and you've got to learn, Murray, that when we hear you puffing and panting, it only encourages Tyrone and myself to keep pushing on the front. So 
I once told Belinda to, to learn to control her breathing. It didn't go very well, down very well at the time because we were going up uh, a track in Christchurch called the Bridal Path, which is probably about 25%, uh, 20 to 25, and uh, that didn't go down very well. So just control that breathing, Murray, and the, the intensity might ease a bit. I'll take that in on board. Thank you, John. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for you, the highlights of the camp so far. You know, eight days in, we've just got two, two to go. Today, there's, there's a few smatterings of blue sky. I don't know if today's going to be a highlight day. Um, but for you, what's been the best so far? Well, I'm hoping tomorrow, Summiting Bluff Hill will be a highlight. Mm. Uh, doing Crown Range yesterday from the other side of what I've done previously, that was a great challenge, the last 4K. Mm. Um... And certainly the first day, well, that was a suffer fest. Uh, race too hard in the start, but it was a beautiful day. I and mean, then we had some struggling weather, and it would um, uh, certainly some great scenery. But I guess probably certainly around uh, Friends Joseph Glacier was some of the, uh, and then that day down to Harst was some great classic um, West Coast scenery. Yeah. It's just out of We had no traffic on the road. Just rainforest, waterfalls everywhere. It was uh, unbelievable. So Kiwis, if you're listening to this, um, Get a camper van for at some stage, and or get on your bike and go ride around the, the west coast and the south. You'd, the weather is a bit patchy, um, and we were lucky to have you know one horrific day, but the rest of the time was was pretty good. So, awesome, Murray. We've got to get ready to roll. That whether there's how many we got left standing. Yeah, is Ian Wood gone? Ian Wood has not gone today. Uh, so we're in the we've got seven left and which is which is a lot more than normal what often happens on these camps is the groups especially the tail group the, the quickest one gets smaller and smaller as the days go past and you normally end up with a couple at the end but we've stayed together pretty well and uh our task we'll get we give the the, the slowest group about a what are they left 25 25 minute head start and we normally catch them probably midway through the ride so Looking forward to another good one. Thanks, Murray. This is our. There's only three of us that have started in the fast group every day, John. Oh, Murray's counting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm feeling it. <laughs> oh, good stuff. You're doing very well. Thanks, Murray. Anyway, great. How did Murray go? Murray. Beasted it? Beast moded it. He only has one mode, Murray. <laughs> well, and he's been on a couple of camps now. Only one other epic. <laughs> Um, he's he done did that epic, um, and did the France. France, but he's done Roth and he's done the, the Light and, and Kona. Popped around my place this morning after he accidentally took the wrong wheel home uh, and <laughs> said his suits aren't fitting properly at the moment uh, because in the in the right direction he's he's lost a lot of weight. Lean to and mean. But Murray, he said he thought the camp was actually harder than France. Because he was with the big boys group, yep. and Murray's a good strong rider. Yeah, he's a great rider. But he turns himself. Inside out to stay with the group, uh, which is impressive to see because he's a good rider, but he's not as good as the front guys, yep. as, as Tyrone and so on. And he said because the pace was on pretty much every day, so every day either myself or Tyrone would get on the front and just make it, you know, we'd be riding an Ironman effort or thereabouts on the front for, for big long portions. And then there were some very hard efforts. Uh, and Murray pretty much hanging there every single day. Uh, so he said the intensity was a lot harder. In France, he was able to, once you get onto a climb, yeah, sometimes we did them hard, but you're able to do your own thing and, yeah, okay. and it split up quickly. So he did really, really well. Okay, next up we've got Hamish. What was his nickname? It's a good one. I don't hit the... Whoa, here he is. <laughs> you, you, you've just heard from, uh, just hold it up like that. You've just heard from Holy Hammer, Murray Lapworth, um, about how good a group this this group we've had on Epic Camp has been, and it has been exceptional. 
timeliness is really, really important on camps. And normally we have a problem with people being late. But on this camp, we've had a few problems with people being early. So we've, we've just, I've just been informed that the groups all left five minutes early. So we've got to do an extra five minutes of uh, catching to do today. We've got Hamish. I don't hit the wall with us. Welcome along, Hamish. Thanks, John. <laughs> now, Hamish is going to be star of the day today because uh, we're heading to Gore, and it's uh, his mum lives in Gore. I said to Hamish last night, right, um, he, he said, informed me that he was from Gore, and I said, oh, great. And he said, could you get some, could you get some baking for us, maybe? Because we've had a, we've had along the way, we've had our first stop in Westport, we had Charlotte Steele's mum or parents. They had some baking for us, which was outstanding. When we got into Wanaka, I think Rachel Cunningham's parents had something there, and I'm missing someone else. Oh, no, and then we're going to Gore tomorrow, and we've got Lee Barnfield's got some uh, parents there who are going to have some baking. And then Hamish sprung it on me last night. I said, yep, that'd be great. Savoury would be good. Within about two minutes, he had the message back. His mum was in the kitchen. Pizzas, um, cheese rolls, uh, mouse traps, it was all go. So what, it, what is the speciality, the gore speciality, is it cheese rolls? Cheese rolls. Cheese rolls. Southland Sushi. If you go to Southland Sushi, if you go to Gore, get yourself a cheese roll, and they're also famous for tractors. So uh, Hamish, tell us a little bit about yourself. We haven't had you on the show before. Um, yep, so I um, this is my first epic camp, and I've been uh, doing sort of triathlons on and off for the last 10 years, mostly off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes on the last couple of years, taking a bit more seriously than I used to. Uh, Ability-wise, uh, just tell people sort of roughly your your speed so they get a feel for where you're at. Um, so I did um, Ironman New Zealand early in the year, ten forty-seven. So mm-hmm. yeah, near, near near sort of the pointy end of the age groupers. Pointy end of the on the bike, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So he's a good good strong rider, Hamish. Um, what were your expectations coming into the camp? Is you know you've done you've done things like five passes, which is a, a sort of three or four day bike tour. So you, and you've done a, you've pretty experienced in bike racing. So what were your expectations, and and how has that sort of been met as you've rolled through the camp? Um, it's been um, probably a bit more intense than I was mm-hmm. expecting in mm-hmm. terms of day in day out. Um, there's not really any let-ups in our lead group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Face drops, somebody goes to the front. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, you don't want to be the one that drops off the back. Yeah. Um, so you always want to keep the pace up. Um, but yeah, I did a um, cycle, four-day cycle event last year, and this is um, adding on the uh, cycle, uh, adding on the swimming and running has made it a, a lot more challenging, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and how you, you've, you're battling with a bit of an Achilles problem, um, but other than that, how's the body? Is it has the body held up? Um, it's held up remarkably well. It's surprisingly that the niggles come out of you after a few days, mm. um, especially especially on the bike. Mm. Um, yeah. And what about um, highlights for you as we've been going through? You know, um, you probably looked at the route and you go, I like the look of that. I like the look of that. Don't like the look of that. What's been the, the best parts for you so far? Um, definitely, definitely the west coast. I think um, through Haast and then d- dropping down into Wanaka, mm. um, the bike through that's absolutely spectacular. You won't get any better scenery anywhere throughout the world. Um, so that, that's that's been amazing. And what are some of the take-homes you're going to do? You know, we don't want to get too techy on this, but, you know, if you've, I don't know if you've done much reflecting yet, but have there been days where you've really got to pick yourself up off the canvas or, or anything in particular you've learned as you've sort of gone through the, the last, what is it, eight days? We're on day eight, last seven days so far? Uh, yeah, don't go too early. Too <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, everyone's keen to get their running over with at the start, but um, yeah, that can prove problematic as the uh, yeah. as the camp goes on, as our um, young friend Luke has found out. Yeah. Um, 
Now you've got a strategy on the bike. Tell us, tell us your strategy on the bike when you come to climbs. Uh, just, <laughs> well, I'm a bit heavier than everyone else. <laughs> I just go as hard as I can for as long as I can to bomb, <laughs> which which works okay for a while. It's 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 spasmodically worked, I'd say. <laughs> However, yes, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday well, you had an outstanding climb on the Crown Range. Um, talk talk us through the, the, the Crown Range. So the Crown Range is a lot of people know Wanaka. We talk about Challenge Wanaka quite a bit on the show. Um, the road between Wanaka and Queenstown. There's two routes you can take. One's a sort of rolling route. The other one is over the Crown Range, which goes past a couple of ski fields. You have uh, just a gentle drag up to a place called Cadrona, which is you know it's probably like between zero and two percent uh, and then it just slowly starts to ramp up a bit more and then it really kicks at the top so um, sort of talk us through through the main part of that climb and, and how you sort of strategize that um, so yeah the, the first half is um, not not too steep so I just went as hard as I could um, yeah. <laughs> which there was just three of us um, doing that and then the um, yeah it really kicks up then um, but by then you that you either going hard or you sort of your legs legs have detonated i was i was the latter yeah um so i found myself um falling off the back of the the other the other two yeah uh just um but yeah it's an it's an it's an epic climb it's a it, it gets a lot steeper than you'd expect it goes a lot longer than you expect i sort of I was expecting that steep stuff to come a bit earlier and it didn't come didn't come and then when it came it's like it was never ending and it was one of those climbs you're going up and you think oh this is gonna be the last corner you come around not in the last corner. This one's the yeah. last one, and so on and so on. What do you What do you do mentally? You know, when you're in that moment, when you had uh, Tyrone, who you're probably thinking he's going to kick my ass at some stage. Yeah. Um, but you had Ian, and you're probably, I'm guessing, you're thinking, got a reasonable chance here. Yeah. So what 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 sort of mind games do you play with uh, with yourself to try to keep yourself going? Um, yeah, that was a tough one because Ian got me on the final climb on the last couple hundred meters. Um, so. Um, I actually had my music in for that, yeah. for that, for that stage to keep me going for that very reason, um, and um, yeah, trying trying not to look back because I knew it was coming at an awful speed. Yeah, <laughs> um, what's so, what's on your playlist uh, at that you, stage? Yeah, that stage is usually just some heavy trance or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> try and get you in the zone. And you've got uh, I'm picking you you've got a brand new bike which is about weighs about two kilograms. So Basically. I'm picking you're probably going to try Bluff Hill tomorrow. Yep, no, I definitely give Bluff Hill a, a crack. Um, tomorrow I sort of tanked my legs a little bit on Coronet Peak um, yesterday, as a few others did, so it might be a bit more challenging than I first thought, but I'll give it a crack. <laughs> so, so yesterday's minimum ride, you had to just do 60Ks from Wanaka to, to Arrowtown with, with a big kick-ass climb in the middle, and then there was the, uh, the, the carrot was put out there to go and ride up another to ski field station called Coronet Peak. It's about 30Ks round trip, but the climb's what? seven eight k's eight k's like yeah. it probably averages probably ten percent i'd yeah. say um but with pitches well above that so i well i didn't chicken out i had shit to do <laughs> um so i didn't go up but it looked like there was a few sorry faces coming back if you come to arrowtown highly recommend the place we're staying at it's called the arrowtown motels and apartments really nice little units and we went out and had dinner at slow cuts which was outstanding really good service and then we went down to patagonia and they opened up especially for us to have ice creams for dessert so uh we were well and truly stuffed at the end of the day hamish we've got to get on the bike so thanks for your time thanks john thoughts on hamish well, Hamish's parents, and I may have said this in the interview, I can't remember, uh, his parents came to the party because they lived, uh, his mum and his stepfather live in Gore, which was our, the, the start of our last day, and they brought home the, the 
the, the food the next day. Oh, they yes. came in and they had all the gore specialities. Oh, yes. And that, that was fantastic. So And Hamish uh, beast mode at a lot of the rides. He got a bit excited there coming into his hometown of Gore and got on the front and just slammed it and uh, popped a few off the back. Uh, but he... Had some incredibly strong riding and, and stayed the big boys uh, all the way through the camp and got up um, got up the KOMs very well. You know he's he's a much bigger guy than some of the the lightweights like Tyrone and Luke and myself. Uh, and he was keeping us all honest and he got up Bluff Hill as well. So good on you, Hamish. You rock, mate. Okay, next up we've got Greg Jones. <laughs> Right, we're on third time lucky with Greg Jones from Christchurch. Today, you would have heard earlier from the Holy Hammer, Murray Lapworth, who's standing in the corner of the room. My eyes are going a bit blurry in your room. I don't know what's going on in here. Um, and we've got Dave Dwan sitting over in the corner on his phone, as per usual. And when you, when you heard from us this morning, we we're about to head off on a ride from Arrowtown to Gore, which we've now completed, 175 Ks. Pretty much everybody rounded that up to 180. Some of us uh, rounded up to 180 or close to 181, but then they only got 179.93 on Strava, which can be pretty frustrating. Um, but anyway, we had a pretty rough old day. The first third was just amazing scenery, a little bit of drizzle going down the eastern side of the Queen Lake Wakatipu, which is where Queenstown is based. I've never ridden down there before, probably never will in my life again, because it's the it's a road very, very heavily trodden by uh, tourist buses, so we were pretty fortunate to be able to ride down it today. Uh, and then we got hammered in the middle by a southerly front, which was freezing cold, lots of rain, and then it cleared up a bit, and we had a, a reasonable roll into the finish, although the pace in the front group was... Uh, was pretty solid, um, but we've got Greg Jones here, who's been, he's had his own little group for much of the camp, um, and he, Greg was, should have been with me over in Roth uh, this year, and uh, should have been with me in Alpduez next year, and should have been, could have been, wasn't, but he's here anyway, so Greg, welcome along to the show. Thanks, John. Um, you've wanted to do one of these bad boys for a while, I think. Uh, oh, yes. So t- t- tell us what you knew about Epic Camp coming in um, and what your sort of plans were for the for the nine-day adventure. Well, I'd heard about quite a few of the overseas Epic Camps from some of the big boys and um, always wondered what it would be like. Knew I couldn't, um, wouldn't be able to punt along with those guys, but um, just wanted to come along and give it everything, really. You know, never going to be at the top, but... Um, just to test yourself every day and see that fine line for me between keeping fit so and not getting injured really <laughs> so, mm. and um yeah so I was just I was expecting it to be tough um but you looked at I didn't look at everything in detail like like you suggested but um even if you did I think you'd think I can do this but it's just the day on day grind and you go down, down, and then you <laughs> pop up a bit, and then you go down again. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> so, so what would the, what what have been some of the lowlights for you in terms of what's been the toughest to get through? The worst for me was that first day uh, of the rain down the west coast. Mm. I got so cold. Mm. I was we, we we missed the um uh the van with the mm. change of clothes and everything. And Dave saved my life with a plastic bag ch- chucked down my front, but I was shivering terribly. <laughs> so that was the only day where I thought I might not finish this. Yeah. So that that, that was the worst. Yeah. And also Coronet Pete yesterday. <laughs> that was pretty bad, wasn't that it? That was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I really wanted to do that because I will give Bluff Hill a go, but I 
probably won't get up it to be honest but yeah. I'll, I'll give it a try so coronet was the one i wanted to make and that was uh not a good day yesterday for me, but I still got there, so happy. Well done. <laughs> so yesterday what happened was we went over, and I probably said this earlier on, went over the Crown Range, which is a fair old climb. It got pretty steep towards the end, uh, and then the minimum was to finish in Arrowtown, but there was the option of a tack on to go up Coronet Peak, which is to a ski ski resort, uh, and you had about 8Ks at an average of sort of probably 10 to 12%, uh, and it's pretty consistent you don't really get any let up and and we'd raced up over crown range so i know my legs could i had a horrific day yesterday thank god i bounced back today but yesterday was was terrible um okay so th- those were the sort of low and high light, mm. low low lights but also pleased to get up crown range i mean sorry coronet peak um what have been the best moments um i think the, the first few days before i got too buggered really <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, doing those um give the runs a good go on the first few days against the uh, vice but i'd really yeah. enjoyed those and uh, i think highlights for me is the overall just everyone on the camp everyone just no one's complained you know um, no bullshit at all yeah and uh just the overall it's j- just got that feeling that athletes support crew everyone's in it together that, mm. that's that's my biggest highlight mm. now I did before we, we should have done this at the start but just tell us a bit about your ability level and, and your sort of background uh, okay so I probably did my first half I think it was 2013 mm-hmm. um, did a few more halves over a couple of years then did Taupo Ironman in around I don't know what it was 12 and a half something like that maybe a bit over and I've done six Ironman since improved slightly never quite got it right hopefully will soon mm-hmm. um but yeah it's um been injured a few times <laughs> as well yeah so it's um just plugging away trying to get slowly sl- slowly better and keep keep the knees going you had a bit of a bit of a group you know there was um yourself paul watt from christchurch anna from wellington and frieda i think um you just kind of had a nice little team there going. yeah yeah and we, we had grant as well mm-hmm. um grant boyd and uh yeah it worked pretty well most of the time few people got left behind here and there but overall we, we stuck together most of the time a few small disasters but nothing too bad <laughs> so how hard have you been pushing so, you know um because it's quite hard for for some of us and, and the other groups to know um the intensity of the sort of you and sort of the middle-ish group mm-hmm. um when you've been cruising along has it sort of been ironman effort below ironman effort or has it been quite variable i'd say most of the rides except today which was a lot lower even though it was horrendously hard, <laughs> it just shows how tired it, it, we got, I think, um, was, was being Ironman effort or maybe a tad below. Mm. But on the hills, or we've been going half, you know, half Ironman or above, really, where mm. you s- smoke yourself for a while and then peg back, peg it back. Yeah. Has there been anything that surprised you, you know, um, or, yeah, either, either whether it's something's been harder or been easier than you perhaps had expected? I think during um, getting up in the morning, thinking like, as I creak out of bed, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to do anything. Yeah. And then within an hour hour on the bike, you know, well, today again, we did a 10K run, which is the last thing you want to do before a 180K bike ride when, when you're tired. But um, f- that first hour on the bike, you feel as though you're just never going to get going. But all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you, you, you come back. And mm-hmm. that's been a surprise, to be honest, day in, day out. And tell us where you're from originally. I'm originally from the UK. Uh, I was born in Luton, just north of London. But mm-hmm. I've been in Christchurch now for 15 years. 
Great. Um, anything else about the camp? You've got comments on or other than saying Dave... Dave's a pain in the ass. Um, Dave's always a pain in the ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, any, but anything else? Yeah, obviously you, you said you know it's an amazing group, and, the, and this group has been quite different to what we've had on other groups. And there's this. We always have a good team camaraderie, but this this group, for whatever reason, I think maybe it's because we're all Kiwis. Um, it's just been a little bit mm. different. But but anything else about the camp that's been particularly good for you or a particular highlight? I think just going back to everyone is. There's obviously this uh, points competition, but mm. everyone that's not even in the hunt for that, it seems everyone's pushed themselves, you know, for mm. an extra point here and there. And it doesn't matter mm. if you finish 12th or 15th for that point, does it really? Yeah. But, and everyone does it. It's just like, what the hell? Why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. I'm doing it as well. <laughs> exactly. It's just that little bit extra. Yeah. yeah. And when we were riding in today, there was ham- some hammering going on in the in the final third. It's like, why the hell are we doing this? <laughs> just you just kind of do it. You just want to find your limits. So awesome! I'm looking forward to seeing how you get on next year. Uh, not next year, next uh, tomorrow. Um, you're on the cube bike, so there's, there's high expectations. Uh, you've recently gone on the cube, cube, uh, which you seem to be loving. Oh yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I I think it will need some sort of um, rocket on it tomorrow to get me up that hill. But <laughs> as I say, we'll try. <laughs> no, you've done awesome. So well done, Greg. One day to go. It's like uh, going rolling into Paris tomorrow. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Thanks, John. Greg Jones, how did he go? He was uh, part of the, the Cube team on the on the camp, so he was on his uh, new Cube oh, road the bike. Cube team, yeah. yeah. Hashtag Cube. And they had they again had a nice little group going. There was about four or five of them that stuck together every day, encouraged each other along, and uh, yeah, Greg had a fantastic camp. Looked strong all the way through. So good on him. Okay, John, that's uh, pretty much all the interviews. We've got a few more interviews coming up next week, so hopefully you're enjoying those interviews. John, let's do a winger of the week. Wanger of the week, thankfully, Team Epic Camp dominated the dojo. Okay, taking, so who won it? Taking out the first eight positions. Luke Parker was in first. This, this was for the, we, we did nine days, so seven of the nine days. Uh, he had 48 hours and 20 minutes of training, taking out first place in front of Graham Woodward. Rachel Cunningham there was there with 45 hours. Tracy Barr with 45 hours. Nadia McLaren, 44. Jeff Roberts, 42. Helen um, Bradford, 40. And I languished down there in an eighth position with thirty-six hours of training. So, do a camp if you want to get if you want to win Wanger of the Week. Do Epic Camp. So this week's overall Wanger of the Week was Luke Parker. John, who won the, the jerseys? Oh, so Tom Tom Anderson. This came down to the wire. So you talked about your KOM. So going into the final day, Tyrone Hellier from Christchurch was in the lead, and he was the fastest athlete on the camp. Um, but because of the the point system, you know, it's not always the fastest that wins. It's some of the handicap stuff helps you out, but also um, if you're prepared to just go out there and do more volume, you can get in front. And so to, um, early on in the camp, Tom. Um, from Wellington, formerly from the UK, was in the lead. Tyrone wrestled that off off him, thinking, I've got him, he's going to crack. And uh, and he didn't crack. And then on the final day, early doors, got up, went out and did a two-hour run before we started our bike ride, <laughs> snuck it, and uh, and then sort of time elapsed and Tyrone had to, to concede. So oh, Tom took out the, the miles just like by... A, a, Next to no points uh, from Tyrone, and then I think Luke was probably fourth, and Nicola Hankinson took out the females, I think, in front of Charlotte Steele, and probably Leah Barnfeld, I think, was up there. So it was very tight, but yeah, not... So we have the, the older guys? 
Um, no, because it's handicapped now, it's kind of it Doesn't should be so fair much? across okay. the board. And the, the 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 red jersey went to which was for sort of general good bastard and somebody who just epitomised Epic Camp, and that was went to Jeff Roberts. Nice work, Jeff Roberts. Okay, guys, let's just wrap this up because it's been a long show. So we've got um, first of all, let's thank our patrons, Angus the Wild Bull Boyd. We've got Luke the Engine Godwin. And Alan, Furious Ferret Hodgkinson. Uh, John, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.imtalk.me and just look up for the Patreon part. You get a gift and you support the boys and what we do. Uh, if you want to get some the show emailed to you on the same website down the bottom of the front page for coaching, coachjohnnewson.com. Also check out other camps. What, what do you need next? So there's going to be another Epic Camp New Zealand next year. And it's I've got on the website, it's going to be North Island, but that's coming off the website shortly. Why? It's going to be, I want to go south again. It oh, was okay. just amazing. And it's... In all honesty, it's easier for me. There'll be less traffic on the road in the South Island and the North. So it's at the same time of year or earlier? Probably the same because the weather was uh, about as bad as we can. Yeah, this, this sort of time next no, year. No, but so. you're not going to be trying to do it in six months. If no, it'll yeah, be yeah. Uh, sort of October, November time next year. Uh, if you want to check out my podcast, I actually did a really great interview with this guy. He's, he's a psychotherapist who has incorporated running into sessions with his clients. Mm-hmm. So he goes for a run with his clients or run walk depending on their level of ability um, while they're doing a therapy session. Right. Yeah, it's really, it was fascinating interview. His name was William Pullen. Um, so if you want to check that out, go to my website, Bevan Jabs Isles, or check my podcast, The Bevan Jabs Isles Show. But just, wow, just fascinating stuff. Cool. Because you're just saying it's way more effective hmm. because you're, you're incorporating movement and nature and helping people work through their problems they need to work through. And he's just finding it's, yeah, it's a really powerful tool. And he's kind of creating a bit of a, I don't know if it's called a movement, but shifting some other therapists around, maybe they can mm. use this as well. So it's pretty cool stuff. Um, if you want to call, send us uh, cool content such as age group of the week, cool websites, and other feedback, just go to www.imtalkpodcast.gmail.com. You never got John? No, the epic hands about about it for me. What about you? I actually saw your kids. I was riding around mm. past your house the other day because I've got a bit of an injury, so I was doing a bit of biking at the moment, and I did the old. Long bays across the top, short bays across the top, and I was riding past your house, and your kid must have seen Tommy that you're in a red car. My mother-in-law was looking yeah, after the kids. Mother-in-law had the kids, and they were coming out of your street, and Tommy must have saw the I am talking. He waved at me. He didn't know who I was. <laughs> I waved back, and I thought that's, that's, that's pretty observant of him. Gosh, yeah, that was kind of good. Uh, what have I been doing, John? John, in the last two weeks, Bit of sports watching. Yep, uh, the league. I watched the league final. Mm-hmm. It was a good. It was, it was an interesting game. Uh, watched the All Blacks crush the Aussies. Oh, Didn't see it, but you heard about it. Destroyed. Um, what have I been doing? I've been doing nothing this interesting. You have been. Mm. Uh, no, I, I, I have nothing. Nothing. I have nothing. I, you know what? I need to be living my my band. The album's coming along. While mm-hmm. yeah, my key marketing strategy started working on that. It's kind of exciting. Um, no, I'm writing my book. I've told you about that. Yep. I reckon my book will be done, first draft, in the next three weeks. Great. Fingers crossed, maybe four weeks. So it's kind of big news. And then outside of that, John, no, I've got no goss. I need to, next week, I'm going to have some goss for you. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll make something up. I'm Russ. I'm Ben Train hard. Train smart. Kick hard.